You're listening to the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. Hi, thanks for tuning in to episode 15 of the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. Uh, I'm Soul Time, and I'm joined by Sally Bug, I believe is in the, his house. Sally, are you there? I'm here. Okay, I'm, here. I'm not sure we have Green Stego on the line uh, quite yet. Uh, yeah, not quite yet. Hopefully Should... he'll show up today. Yeah, hopefully he'll join us a little bit later. Um, yeah. So, um, what you been up to, Sally Bug 2? Uh, Anything good? I... Well, I can tell you, and it's not Destiny related, but we've been trying to like find some Halloween-themed things to watch this month for obvious reasons. And I, uh, we brought home some pizza last night after work and said, what do we want to watch? And said, why don't we try the haunting of Bly house? And we ended up binge watching the whole thing. So, uh, I think I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just could, I just couldn't stop it. Kept being like a bit of a cliffhanger and wanting to know what was going to happen next, and then I just couldn't stop watching it. So, yeah, spent my whole time. Now, according to my Discord, so yeah, according to my Discord, Romance Girl uh, has joined the channel. Yeah, I just popped in to say that Green Stego was on his way. Oh, I did very not cool. mean to interrupt. I didn't know that the oh. podcast was live. In- interrupt away. <laughs> yes. We're the only ones well, listening, so. <laughs> I was surprised to hear Sallybug uh, watched Haunting a Blind Man. I heard it was very scary. It, it's It's scary, but it's not like. Uh, the scary that I don't like are almost like Hellraiser, like demons that come up and are gonna like grab you in the That's night. That's the type best of it. scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Romance Girl on this one. And to you know, not to give it away if nobody's watched it, um, but it's basically classic. Uh, Henry James Turn of the Screw and um, they've put some other uh, other bits of Henry James in there and and those types of ghost stories are okay it's it's when they get super frightening you're not a fan of jump scares yes not a fan of jump which is ironic because I felt there were a good deal of jump scares in the haunting of Bly Manor just just saying there were, yeah from what were, i've heard about it yeah you know what <laughs> you know, know why sally bug a... i'll tell you why sally bug was able to tolerate it is because uh most of the actors had british accents that's uh, she, oh yeah. there you go <laughs> it lessens a blow yeah like, because i can so get i can get her to watch the hammer movies with me so <laughs> That's true, but the Hammer movies are so cheesy that it's just so easy to watch. Those are like, it's easy not to be as scared. I don't know. 
Um, did you do any Destiny, Sally? Sally Bug too. I we did do some Destiny, didn't we? We did. We did actually did quite a bit of Destiny. We did. Uh, we did some uh, Haunted Forest. Uh, I. You know what? I was determined, so I did several different activities that um, would give me a piece of Pinnacle Gear. So that I could get that cloak. So determined. And uh, so I did some Crucible because it was Mayhem this week. And that's just very, or last week. And that's very tolerable for me because you just go, it's it's silly fun is what Mayhem is. And so I did that Pinnacle. I did... The three strikes. I don't think we did a nightfall. We did the three strikes. I, we talked about doing gambit, but I think we ended up not having the time to commit to that. Right. right. But what else did I do? Did means to an end? Did the um, haunted forest pinnacle? Got the haunted forest pinnacle, and that was a disaster. Right. <laughs> um, well. When you say disaster, uh, you might want to explain what you mean. I mean, it, you've been trying to get a 1060 cloak for coming up on it's two months. It's been about a month now. Yeah. A month and a half, at least, because... It's probably about a month oh. that, that I was looking for that last piece. Okay. Is, um, is there like a triumph or something for completing that? To, to getting your your highest light? maybe yeah, because i don't the, know for me it was just the like lights the last about thing. to reset i know it was the thing it was the last thing i wanted to do i'll tell you what i did buy the season pass and i was holding on to all the season pass stuff so that i could like pull it out of the vault at its highest light level and i just couldn't <laughs> just like me waiting to get that last piece so my average light would be 1060 but it's not going to happen. And like you said, now it's just close. Um, yeah, we, I, close we've mentioned it probably before. doesn't make a difference. We, yeah. um, we don't really go past the soft cap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and when I we probably, get more, it's fine. It's, but it's the t type of feeling like I've come this far. I've got one more. And then it's right. just, it's <laughs> kind of psychologically fun just to have. Every time a thing drops at 1060, you're like, I did it. I made it to the top for the first. And it's unusual for us as well to ever get to the, to the cap because we just, you know, because of the uh, delayed game. Also, this season was over the summer when we had more time to play. But also the delay helped us, uh, helped me get to the cap. And unfortunately, Sally Bugs just had the RNG you yeah, know promise of a pinnacle that's what it should say p-o-p -P, <laughs> promise of a pinnacle because i mean <clears throat> I, I guess it's still considered a pinnacle gear if you're getting it at the highest light cap right or you're supposed but you're supposed to get some and you're still getting something higher than your average light level it's just a, it stinks when you're down to like that one or two last pieces and, and you're just hoping for one thing so but it's fine. It was not meant I, to I'm, be. 
it's not meant to be. Uh, the thing that happened with the um, with the pinnacle piece from the haunted forest was, I got a one hundred a ten sixty uh, umbral engram, and not knowing the way, and this is probably my bad for not understanding it, but not knowing how. So you go to the recaster first. recaster and you uh i say okay well now i can uh at least i can eliminate all the weapons right i'll just make them all armor focused when you focus your umbral engrams they will only focus up to your highest average light level they will not pinnacle so it took that pinnacle piece and dropped it a light level yeah, fifty-nine. <laughs> that was a bummer. <laughs> it was Yikes. a bummer, and that was me not knowing that that's the way it worked. I think that, that was the first uh, time I what, actually literally saw you cry from playing <laughs> Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> I was bummed. I you, will say that I was like, I couldn't believe yeah, that that was happening. Not that, quite and it's crying. my bad for not understanding. I think it does say somewhere. It's probably in in smaller letters or whatever that the focusing will only drop at your the fine print yeah <laughs> so um it's all good one of the other things that we did that was really super fun was uh take another clan member through uh he's the in the chat funny bones in the house he's in the chat funny anyway has, yeah we had fun the with destiny that destiny bug because he said i may have kept stego up late last night playing destiny so yes we played um, destiny with funny bone oh green stego how are you welcome i'm okay good to hear from you um yeah let's yeah uh well i i too played played with i basically the only destiny i did was with sally bug and she just summarized it but that was a lot of fun going through the pit of heresy uh with funny bone and having have him putting the pressure on us to explain the lore to him i went back and read those books on the pit of heresy and it's kind of complex stuff going on with the shadow keep lore um it's not like sort of anime style drama like you had with you know the taken king but man it's pretty creepy weird stuff going on with the hive with soul swapping and um infighting and you know all vying well, to be the seeking, best they're seeking someone to take the place of oryx right right it's, and that's what the pit of heresy it's is it's part an, of the competition right of who is going to um who's going to rise to the top and plus you have characters who who i learned about that are sub trying to subvert the sword logic and that's a huge part of um, the pit of heresy when you, I, yeah. So the next time I do that activity, I'm going to be looking out for some of the, the, the lore elements more. Um, Green Stego, what, did you get to any destiny? Did you guys over there get it, get to any activity since we oh. last, uh, talked? Yes. We played last night, some, mm. uh, haunted forest and some gambit. Wow. Sweet. Ooh, gambit. I noticed Jerome was looking for somebody to play Gambit. If we weren't doing the podcast, I might have 
hopped on with Jerome for a little gambit action this morning, which uh, is appropriate because uh, today's lore segment, uh, Touch of Grimoire, is going to be featuring uh, one of the main characters of the Gambit world, uh, the Drifter. So I'm looking forward to that. But but not but not the gambit part in particular. No, not the gambit part in particular. <laughs> that, that was just too, that was too, that rabbit hole was just so large. I was like, this is not a rabbit hole. This is like like a huge pit. Yeah. <laughs> that you could get sucked into for years. So the I gambit had, lore. I, I definitely had to to scale it back and just say, yeah. The I mean. Just the but that book alone, what man with no name is that what it is? Um, yeah. yeah, it was. It was a lot, but I did. I, I. It's a huge for pit. Next, <laughs> of for the heresy. Next, <laughs> Good for one, the next funny bone. You <laughs> weeks leading up to Beyond Light coming out, I wanted to kind of like take and take a look at um, some of the characters that are going to be. Um, at least the ones that we're seeing in the trailers and so forth that are going to have uh, a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Just be kind of like Je in the forefront quoi. of the next <laughs> storyline. And we know Drifter is going to be part of it. And I found a piece of lore where uh, Eris and Drifter talk together. All right, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's. Yeah, Green Stego pointed out last night the annex when Beyond Light launches should be pretty useless, right? Yeah. Yeah, because Drifter's going away, Ada's going away. But Gambit is staying a new, new revised Gambit. Yeah, but he's going to Europa. We we pretty sure he's going to be on Europa. I mean, I don't know if he's going to just be. Please, please uh, let Amanda Holiday take over the Gambit. I want to. I want to hear that Texas accent. Does Amanda Holiday have like the like the Drifter is the only one who has the ability to turn the moats to get the dark moats, right? He could pass it on to somebody else. The trick, whatever the trick <laughs> is, he wants to though. I think that that's yeah. a trick up his sleeve. I'm not sure he's willing to let go right now. Yeah, let me show you a thing or two about the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Here, take this coin. <laughs> All right, and so go you did some ding. gambit. How was gambit? I what's the, yeah, what's the state what's of the gambit? Report? Did you do regular gambit or gambit crime? We did both. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Regular gambit. We we actually did very well as a team. We um we were getting a lot of wins, and uh take the money and run slash funny bone wanted to try gambit prime so we gave gambit prime a a shot and it, we did not do as well hmm. yeah you probably got some of those uh those taken bros in there that have all the, the yeah, armaments have the, do you have any of those taken i think we mods? did what win are those one mods though from? oh good they're not mods we, they're, we won they're specific three armor total three games total so mm-hmm no, I, there is I a taken really mod that's forward. that's kind of broken in Gambit, uh, Green Stego. Well, and I'm really looking forward to the um, uh, Soul Time, and I have talked about this on our commute into work. In that, I'm really looking forward to the changes they're making because as 
an idea. I really like the idea of Gambit, and it's a way to kind of like have a competition without like having that huge stress of PvP that can can be uh, something. It's just a, a harder I'm a harder piece. What did, what was I saying? You know, maybe if the and I know they've changed the timer. Like how many people? Um, you know, how many, how many times you're going to be able to, uh, invade the other team. Like, I like the whole idea of Gambit and I find Gambit to be fun, but the evading piece, I feel like, you know, you're going around trying to do your own thing and you have your people invading, but it's just like, it seems like they invade like once the invade train starts, it doesn't seem to ever end, and you can't there, seem to. Yeah, get there's a certain strategy in Gambit Prime where you can basically stack your invades and do constant invades, and I think that's why we had a little bit more fun with um, Gambit Classic. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully that, it's the best the of thing. both worlds. Mm-hmm. I'm right. looking forward I to really next. I do like it. The next one. I was just saying, if the invasion piece, like if you you could only invade once the other team had their like the the invasion would only happen once you got to the boss fight part uh so that well that not, that like, definitely t- knocks out a huge portion of the game mechanics that they built right in. about half of it so. it would be easier I'm, but the house though right um, i know they're making changes Sally just to the hates timing the and maybe those tweaks to <laughs> I'm, maybe the tweaks to the timing will will just be because I've actually really enjoyed Gambit and Gambit Prime for that matter, except when that kind of invade stacking starts to go mm-hmm. on. You do the invade stacking, and you just happen to have someone who's just really good at invading, knows all the spots, and 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 also um, too when you when you're in a team. I mean, like any of these multiplayer things, communication does give you an advantage. I think so. Yep, yep. So, um, uh, are they doing a, a freelance, right? Or aren't they doing that? There's going to be a regular Gambit and then a freelance? Or did I make that up in my head? You might have dreamed that. I, yeah, I don't recall that, but mm. maybe. Um, she received a vision from the Awoken Queen. <laughs> in <the future>. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like that like that would be good as well, right? Because if you're going in as just a single person, then uh, um, it's definitely going to – you'll have, have a harder if you're not like in a team that's all working together and saying you're going to be the invader and I'll, I'll take care of any blockers that show up at the bank and that sort of thing like if you like teamwork yeah it's fine. i will say that I... the the rounds that we were trounced there was like a specific invasion person or like two who were built mm-hmm. for invading and they always came in with like truth truth, truth. and they always had like four rockets and they were always there yeah. And they were always truth yeah. in the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. Did, one then, of the thi- one then, of the things that Sally Bug and I always hate in Gambit is when you're with uh, randoms on your team who feel like it's a good idea to take on an opponent 
who has an overshield and wall hacks. <laughs> you know, they run yeah. towards the. I can take on this guy. I can take has. on the Truth. invader. Yeah, and they and it, or sleeper sim- stimulant or whatever it is. Mm. You know, it's just like I can take him him head yeah. on. And sometimes it's they're trying. It, they're trying, they're but trying. but yep. uh, it's. Like depending on where you are in the game, like uh, you know, you don't, you know, you make your progress on your primeval, and you don't want to heal them all the way. And sometimes they do; they're they just run yeah. out and heal your primeval for you. So that can be frustrating. <laughs> um, yeah. Can we move on to the Twab this week at Bungie? Was a was a real dinger, I think, a humdinger, I might add. Um, oh, I'd say so. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd be. We got a lot. Can we watch it? Can we do the trailer first? Because yeah, that I'll, came out I'll play the I'll too. play the story thing this week at Bungie. They talk story and sandbox, and they they have the first thing they kick off with is this uh, story trailer. So I'm going to play the story trailer and deafen us here in the Discord while 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 that's playing. So let's let's. Uh... Chains. For centuries we have been bound by them. We have become pawns of our own devices. No longer. Darkness walks among us. We are all in great danger. My kind must survive. Please, send help. Where is the signal coming from? Here, Europa. Wait! Old friend, these powers, they are changing you. Aramis's presence on Europa is not happenstance. Obsession propelled her here. Our enemies stand no chance against this power. The great machine will finally know our pain. Yeah, that's a pretty intense trailer, I might add. Um, wow. That trailer is straight fire. <laughs> um, I, I'm I, get, I love it. I think it's I'm getting like a Taken King vibe. Like, we've got this true villain, uh, gigantic villain we're going to be going up against. Um, and I, the fact that this, like... The um, Exo Stranger is just appears behind Varix there in that one scene. It's serious drama going on. Um, so this has, yeah, this this did its job. I am pumped for the story, and they've been I, hitting all the notes leading up to this. So th- there's nothing that would make me think that they're not gonna, you know, 
create one of the best chapters in the game going forward here. Um, all the other stuff, big question mark, you know, who knows uh, with the content um, in terms of how things are going to work out with all the stuff they're experimenting with. That's always, uh, you know, you play it and then you figure, figure it out. But this, I'm pretty confident, is going to be a great story. <clears throat> yeah, story and environments uh, are usually a guarantee. Those are guar- the, those have been the guarantees lately, I agree. The story and the environments, they, they never fail. It's, yeah, I am just I, I'm super excited about like this whole storyline of, of the fallen because I feel like this has always been kind of like a piece of the story that's been lurking in the background of like the traveler kind of abandoning that whole people and that they've just kind of been scrappy, you know, scrapping around trying to uh find their way back to the light, to the great machine and get that same power. All right. I heard that. That sounds <laughs> got, like a cat. <laughs> we have, we have, ca- <laughs> we have a cat here. Yes, <laughs> Indeed we do. But it was either that or knock the stream out <laughs> by st- <laughs> stepping on the keyboard. So. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm very hyped about this storyline uh, and barracks and Aramis and uh, the exo stranger and her, her part in it all. It's yeah. Super hyped. And can we talk about, the fact that our guardian talks in that trailer. Oh, I I noted it when I was watching it, but then I keep forgetting to like sort of debrief myself on it. That's interesting. I wonder if there's going to so, be more of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's so rare that we our guardian talks and for that to happen. Especially was, D2. I mean, you said like five words in D2, right? <laughs> Right. I mean, it doesn't happen often. So when it does, we get very excited. Everybody gets excited. I mean, and I can yeah. understand why. Like to to embed dialogue, and you have how many different types of characters, right? You've got three, six, right? Well, you've got Awoken well, and Exo and Human. Human. Right? Male and female. But then. Right, and then male and female, and then also whether you're a titan or a warlock or a... I don't think that changes your voice. Yeah, that probably doesn't change, whether you're a titan or... Yeah, but still... That'd be a lot of voice actors. Six is already a lot. To embed all that different type of, of voice acting in every whatever scene... Right, it has to be different for every single scene. So, um, but it's fun when they do it. Right, every now and again, just to kind of you know, get an idea of what you're. I'm just strolling through the the story page that they added that just shows little featurettes on each of the characters involved. Right. It's yeah. It, we've got it's, Barrett, it's almost like the old stranger. movie poster style, you know. Yeah. Like like a Hollywood movie coming out. It's kind of cool. I like it. <laughs> Eris and the Drifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. Who do we have? Who are the major p- stars? Aramis, Varix, the Exo Stranger, well, that's, Eris right, Morn, the elite, and the Drifter. Right? 
So and the then, elites, a lot of people are comparing the elites to like the barons. Yeah. From, from Forsaken. Yeah. The the lieutenants of, of Aramis. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the, oh, yeah, me too. The other big chunk uh, in the Twa was a bunch of sandbox updates, and primarily they talk about weapons. Uh, they're revamping hand cannons, uh, which uh, I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard talk about them needing to do that for a while. Um, that some of the hand cannons are just collecting dust. Uh, most players don't use um, some of those frames. And so they are kind of combining frames and raising rate of fire. Um, any thoughts on that? Anybody who's read through it? I mean, oh, I'm, it's I, a long time coming. I'm going to use what they give me regardless, but I kind of like feel this is a, I feel like this is good for um, both, both sandboxes, the PVP and the PVE. And man, I was actually telling my math class the other way the other day uh, that I, I, you know, in math we're always simplifying. We're going from complex expressions and and in algebra, in particular, you're you're always well every, every, even in physics, you always want the most elegant, simplest solution possible, the most elegant equation. And in order to do that, you have to streamline, simplify, and use the properties. And this, and I love it when it happens in Destiny too because there's it's the game has become very complex for me and i mean there's there's kind of a um a fine line between depth and convoluted uh convolution or whatever the word is um so for me anytime something's combined like like the last twab with the affinity what they were doing with affinity mods uh for armor um at least the the um what is it the weapon mods right got un affinity uh, they took the affinity away and um and in doing so they had to just make combine the enhanced and normal you know like reload mods and things like that and just just make them one mod that you have to put in so i think the streamlining get, always gets me really excited um to, to get in and I, I feel like okay you're you're allowing me access now because before I just didn't have the time or the gumption to go in and start really trying to like stack mods or you know same you know, yeah min max I think that, um, <clears throat> the on a larger scale the destiny content vault is doing that too like yes I'm, I'm actually and i love it i'm so sad yeah. about everything leaving but i the no. silver lining is that everything's streamlined and when i sign in i won't have i'll just have that many less options i feel like the, kind of paralyzing exactly i feel like the vault <laughs> is the game finding <laughs> itself honestly for it's yes. finding what it wants to be it wants to be um sort of like a smaller neighborhood mmorpg right you know something not as vast as as other mmos that are out there but one that's kind of in the solar system and um 
but being able to keep up with it and keep players engaged from season to season, from year to year, it finds like it seems to me like it's coming into its own with the Destiny content vault. I, being I think, able to um, do that, enabling the game to be what it wants to be. It's a my good opinion. Solution, I think. Yeah. My opinion for the most part about all of these gun changes is um, because I do know the difference between like the rate of fire and I notice it when I'm when I'm playing. But in terms of like really uh, saying, okay, I definitely want this 120 hand cannon for this particular I don't I don't take it that far. Um, So I don't have a whole lot of input. but uh, for those kind of nuanced changes, but it's just you can just tell when you're playing, right? You can tell certain different guns are rising to the top and get used a lot more. You can tell which guns that you use that you're choosing are more effective in the activity that you're trying to to play. Um, and so you kind of just... So I notice it that way as opposed to noticing it, oh, it's because I have this particular type of frame with this rate of fire type of gun. Um, And I talked about this a little bit with Soul Time on how uh, it's, for me, I need to balance. There's still, like, for me, I have, like, probably a collection of like maybe 20 guns that I pretty much rotate through and the rest are just sitting in my vault because I'm a collector and I can't seem to get rid of them, even though I never pull them out to use them. Um, uh, I know we had collections and that was going to be like a helpful thing because, Oh, we have collections now, but you can't, the the it's stifling when you say okay well you can't pull it back out of collections yeah yeah and i need it to stay there it's 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 a quality of life thing um my problem right now as the game uh, stands with my level of play is I, i i've been able to play enough over the summer and because of the delay in beyond light i've been able to get to the point in the game where uh i've got my masterworked uh legendaries that i like i've got the exotics that i like i've got an armor set fully masterworked that i like uh from our raids that we did and now now it's like ugh, i've gotta go and empty out my postmaster i've gotta make room in my inventory i've got to make sure my vault's not getting over you know four four ninety five out of five hundred and that's that's not fun that's like homework <laughs> so yeah you know what i mean it's and i'm so i'm looking forward to uh cleaning house and finally this is going to be the first season where we re- i really have they've allowed me the excuse to do some serious uh dismantling of anything that doesn't max out to beyond 1060 because yeah I've, I've already begun doing that yeah there's enough choices yeah, the sun setting there's is no reason because, to keep those you know right. because if i'm oh, i mean there's still going to be plenty of activities not for that me. you can use yes so. there is but but <laughs> no, there's no reason favorites. for me there's no reason for me to keep them i think i'm gonna start i've already started 
sort of doing this, but I think I'm going to just start trying to use the newest weapons. That's uh-huh. me too. That's where I'm at. Before I'm, I would get, uh, that's get them and then I would put them in the vault and then maybe visit them later. But yeah. I think that the way that they're designing the game, it's just going to be better if you try out the newest stuff that they're introducing. I have a right. problem procrastinating trying out that's, that's the weapons me. as I get them. Yeah. I know. I do that too because you're just so used to this. And it's like, well, yeah, that looks really interesting. And I might like try it out like for like the first 30 minutes or so that I get it. And then I vault it and go back to kind of like your your age-old ones that you really like. And then you don't go back to it. And um, so – uh, yeah, I'm looking for, I'm definitely looking forward to being able to scale down what I use, uh, put in just collect, put in collections, the, um, ones that, uh, light level is capped and only keep like those couple of ones that I know I would like to have and where power isn't going to matter as much. So without going into too much detail of their weapons changes here, um, I just, I, my feeling about reading over it is, okay, they're hitting up all the things that are that, that are pain points, uh, especially in the Crucible, like sniper rifles, like the auto rifle stuff. Uh, and it's interesting how they're addressing scout rifles. And I didn't realize that scouts have a reasonable time to kill i thought that that kind of surprised me um and it sounds like according to bungie their feedback and data tells them that it's not that scouts don't can't be utilized it's just that they're hard to use so their solution is to make them a little easier to use and i know we have some scout rifle fans in our uh group here and in our clan in our midst in our midst (laughs) um so they're increasing how much each point of the a uh aim assist stat widens the cone so they're they're boosting they're buffing the aim assist on scout rifles they're, yeah they're upping the the aim assist they're a making bit, them a little so. easier i think to that use. that's more in line with uh the heyday of scout rifles which i would say was in destiny one mm-hmm. oh yeah, my I gosh like making them a little just, stickier, they were way more right? forgiving i will not complain yeah. if they bring back the my tlaloc because <laughs> i loved the tlaloc i loved it so much it made me feel like i could actually play pvp and compete um and then rocket launchers i feel like now again just in general i i feel like they're hitting up all the pain points that have developed over the past year really um with hand cannons with sniper rifles and the glut of low zoom scope you know make turning sniper rifles into shotguns basically um and uh, they're addressing all those things. It'll be interesting. So it looks good on paper to me. Um, of course they're nerfing Mountaintop. They're buffing Merciless. Uh, Outlaws getting a a bonus, which is interesting. Um, yeah. I think they did. They, well, they, they, they did that for hand a, They did a nerf to Outlaw. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're just they're just rescaling it because yeah. it's like it, it 
this, yeah, the I aggressive think for certain right, the aggressive hand cannons um, were were rough. Um, and mountaintop is getting nerfed into the ground more or less, I would suspect here without being a cool guy or a cami cakes. I can't really speak to these things since I'm not a competitive player. Uh, falling guillotine, the falling guillotine nerf. <laughs> That's not we surprising. We knew this was coming. We knew Come it was on. coming. Yep. Everyone knew it was coming. Yeah, it's so, like basically any boss fight that you had, you just pull that out. But this is cool. When we get on this weekend, Sally, I'm gonna put put on my falling guillotine just to enjoy it a little more before it goes away. Right. Uh, then I'll get to enjoy other swords because that's where it's it's gonna it's gonna be putting put, it in line with putting other it swords. in line yeah, with the other swords said. in the game. Um, yeah. And it needed to happen. I actually like I. Um, there have been times when I've wanted a sword and I always get out the falling guillotine and I've been a little bit kind of sad that the other others aren't as viable. So I'm, I'm kind of glad about this. Like in, in encounters where I definitely want to use a sword, I have an option. So yeah. that's where I feel about that. What I love about the falling guillotine and I'm a little nervous about is I really do not like the current um barrier champion unstoppable champion overload champion mechanics and what yeah. i liked about the falling guillotine was it was so powerful that you could basically just skip to that you could skip all those mechanics you could override skip it. the rock paper scissors element of it sure except it wasn't really rock paper scissors it was just mashing um and you could just slice them down and I'm hoping that they kind of tune that a little bit better because the champions are such a bear. You Either you're prepared for them or you can't take them down. It's not like they're more difficult without the barrier. Yeah, I, I agree. I wish there was a workaround. Like, that was, like, it's very helpful if you have anti-barrier rounds, but you could also use your melee ability or something. Yeah, exactly. Grenades, right. Right. exactly. Mm. Yes. But right now, there's yeah, the no thing that bothers me a lot about that is that, um, especially for the unstoppable champions, um, I feel like I'll be hitting them with a gun that supposedly has unstoppable rounds, and I'll just use, like, I had an unstoppable hand cannon, and we'll load a whole round of unstoppable hand cannon in this unstoppable champion, and he won't stop. It won't proc. And that's Does it have very, to be crits? Frustrating. I think it has it, to be crits. No, but I'll tell you, even sometimes you have to... Sometimes you have to aim down sights for a little bit in order to it for it to like charge up. Charge up. Oh, right. there you go. Well, Sally I do Bud. aim down, Your but I, I mean that's kind of my gameplay. I I almost never uh, hit fire. Yeah, I I figured that out in season the worthy. I wasn't getting those unstoppables down, and then it's like. I read the fine print and they wanted me to hold down an ADS and then you could kind of hear it. Is it kind of like box breathing? Yeah. 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 You have to watch, you have to watch your screen for it to pop up and then have at it. 
Yeah. Well, that's hard too because you're like that's having them because shoot at you. Because <laughs> it's an unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> right. You've got a huge, you've got a huge org, ogre basically running towards you. And you're exactly. supposed to be aiming down sights waiting for your, your unstoppable to prop. It's not practical. No, it's not practical. <laughs> it was made with fire teams in mind. I think yeah. it, it's very annoying for solo play. Yeah. yeah. Right. For just casual play. Exactly. When I want to just jump in and not worry about what mom are on my weapon mm. right but then i mean it's it... one thing if you're going into a um going into a grandmaster nightfall like or yeah. a nightfall ordeal like a higher level nightfall ordeal where you know what you're going to take in and you're thinking about it but to just like pop in and try to get your con- like for instance a contact event or something done um it's a it's a little more frustrating when you when you come up across those so um just a, a little I, i'm hoping they'll tweak those I, I i mean i'm not against the idea of these champions i just hope they're tweaking the they'll yeah. either tweak the mods that you can put on the guns to well to we're, be we're getting them on them. we're getting um these you'll be able to put like anti-barrier on an exotic going forward right so that's that opens up some That's good positive. possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just yeah. just an update from the chat. Um, it's been decided that the Frosty Bear Drifter is the best version <laughs> we've had of the Drifter character <laughs> so far. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. We're actually going to be talking about that Drifter. Yeah. Um, pretty soon so, here. So just to, to let's let's finish up with the TWAB. They, they, they're doing some stuff to the Mida mini tool here they said might a multi-tool and mini tool so some of this stuff i guess might apply to to both well, they were they're supposed to work symbiotically right they, like you you get more of its perk if you are it's similar to sturm and drang you get more of its perk if right. you're um doing both of them at the same time okay yeah and then and then they did some stuff to Sturm and Drang and it seems like again streamlining they're making the synergy trait uh intrinsic uh like how the Baroque version worked and they added a couple of perks um and then they're fixing some masterwork stuff on it i mean Uh, there's not many of them but i kind of like the idea and i haven't really uh put a whole lot of effort into sturm and drying i did initially when i first got them but i really like the idea of guns that work together uh yeah work in Mm. co you know in I had fun with Sturm and drang and i was working on the catalyst but then i realized it was back when um the drain, the new drain didn't count for the catalyst. So I was like getting a ton of kills and it just made no progress. Wow. Yeah. I did the same so thing. They, they kind of put actually. me off from Sturm and drain for a while. Yeah. They did fix that yeah. though. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, um, worth a revisit. Isn't one of them, uh, capped at 1060 though. I wonder if they're going to come out with a, a new year for they said no version. the gunsmith will begin selling between... a version of this weapon on november 10th with no infusion oh, there we cap. go okay yep didn't see yeah. that Thank and they the current um the current mita mini tool is not a random roll it's still from era uh d2 year one the red war and it's 
It's right. one perk but, is Midas Energy. It doesn't ha actually have like a weapon perk. And so they're moving that to be an intrinsic perk. Sure. And they're giving it to inherent things. But when it says a version of this weapon, that makes me think that maybe it will also start rolling with random rolls. Like it'll be a drop as well, kind of like a Talus mini tool. I don't know. Right. right because right, I, cause right. all, right. Yeah. Sure. I, that'd be interesting. Yeah, interesting to see whether or not that's actually the case. Um, good things. This is this is good stuff. I have not watched any community reaction uh, or read about community reaction yet. It was a busy week for us, um, so I'm hoping to get some of that in this 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 weekend. I'm curious what the uh, experts are saying. Uh, ruinous effigies getting nerfed. And I did read something about a lot of people are saying that this is most likely due to the, uh, to um, it breaking the either the raid or just the stasis in general. It was oh totally overpowered in ad control with stasis, uh, which kind of makes sense to me. Uh, it's uh, drain effect was pretty significant. It was pretty op this ruinous effigy once you learned how to use it and how to use the slam on it and if you would slam and switch uh, if you had what was it there was like a deadly combo you could do with the ruinous effigy if you you, you did that weakening yes uh, if you had oppressive darkness bubble? if you had oppressive darkness bubbled up went to like you know your boss of choice or your stomp guy of choice if you had oppressive darkness bubbled up went up with one of these ruinous effigy orbs slammed them and had your sword at, at the ready right away you would melt them it was just like no contest it was totally op if you did the, that combination of oppressive darkness a ruinous effigy bubble slam and follow up with this with you know of course the guillotine so so there yeah the combination it was of overpowered. all of those are, so that needed to happen get, all of that's getting all of that's getting nerfed um and then yeah. they're and doing something with darkness is that going to be something because that's that's part of the artifact so that that may not even be right. something that, that might will be, not be a thing forward right right that's a cool thing about the artifact is it allows them to put stuff in, pull stuff out, you know. Uh, those, those oh, and we did find mods. out based on the information that they gave us that, that the artifact is staying. Mm -hmm. We weren't sure whether or not the, the fact that you can um, add mods to the ghost and so forth, would that take the place of the artifact? But it's not. It is staying. We know that now. Um, I think the artifact um, is one of the main things that sets a season apart from the next. So mm -hmm. I think. Um, yeah. yeah. That's a way that they can gonna be that, that for a while. Sure. Do you think it's going to be sense. that little piece, that little shard from the. Um, from Ooh, the it might be. Mm hmm. Might be, might be. That's my that's my thought. That's your theory. Could, and that you're could also to be it? an aspect, though. Oh yeah, it could oh, be. Oh, that's true too. Oh my fragments. god, aspects and fragments. I can't wait. I am so psyched about <laughs> that. 
Yeah. Arbalos, Arbalest, I'm not sure what's going on with it here, no longer strikes shields multiple times. But its efficacy against shielded targets has been increased. I don't know what that means, honestly. I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, that seems like it's just more of like a back end. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I guess maybe if it if you shoot with Arbalest and it doesn't take out their shield, then... The shield stays hey. up. The shield yeah, stays up. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't been... I. It uh, reads like a honest, nerf, a slight nerf to it, because I know Arbalest is a pain point in Crucible, so maybe it's a slight nerf. Um, Jade that Rap might be another thing stasis related. Could be. Uh, oh, yeah. good point. Yeah. Good point. Uh, our beloved Jade Rabbit, I'm a fan. Uh, looks like it's getting better, from mm. what I can tell. Armor-piercing rounds are now high-caliber rounds. Uh, and this fixes an issue that could prevent the exotic perk from triggering. And I noticed that when I was using my Jade Rot Rabbit to try to get the, uh, to um, what was the Randy's throwing knife? I was using Jade Rabbit to try and get Randy's throwing knife. And I noticed that. I noticed that the perk would not trigger despite me doing what it told me to do. So that's a good thing, I think, for the Jade Rabbit. And... Scouts are getting a little bit of a buff with their with their um, aim assist. So get out your jade rabbits, everybody! Woo, jade rabbit! Did I mention Ooh. jade rabbit? And my multi tool is already pretty sticky, so that's going to be that's interesting. Sally Bug's favorite weapon, the Mita multi tool. I would it say it was for a very long time. I will. Say yeah, it used that. to be my favorite. Well, I think with the new aim assist. You're going to see a lot It'll of them out. Fun again. Yeah. Right. It felt like it was, it felt like it should have a lot more aim assist than it did, I guess. So yeah, I'm looking forward to pulling it out and, and, and giving it, giving it a go again. Um, Revisiting old, old uh, exotics that haven't been used in a while. Um, I so, like doing yeah. that. I like going in and yep. just pulling out an, um, old well like, that's kind of the fun part of them doing these these sandbox changes right is right they they notice that guns are just sitting collecting dust and it's like what can we do to these guns to get them to make because they are viable it's just the um um full disclosure here uh i did not read about the adept weapons uh, in trials, since I'm not a trials player, it was a it's a lower interest point for me. But I've always said that trials is really important. Uh, it's been the lifeblood of this game in the past, and I think they need to get it into a good place for the overall health of the franchise. And so, did anybody read about the adept? They're bringing back the adept weapons, obviously for uh trials um yeah they're gonna have um adept weapons and adept mods i think oh. that only slot into adept weapons okay so a whole little oh, ecosystem of loot to go for for your your trials enthusiasts and they're talking about bringing other that they're doing it for trials initially but they're talking about bringing adept um weapons into other parts of the game Oh, that would be great! Like strikes, trials, yeah. The, trials Nightfall. was their first. 
right? So if you're doing Grandmaster or, or Nightfalls, for yeah. instance. <gasps> yes, I think more activity-specific loot is the direction that they should be going in. Mm-hmm. Right. And Can you imagine, like, just ha- having, like, top-tier Gambit, like Adept Gambit weapons, for instance? You know, that's... Yeah, but now we're talking about a lot of sets of weapons. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the, the adept weapons, they're honestly, these are this is a huge this is a huge deal. I really like the way that they're setting them apart and it doesn't seem like they're going to be so overpowered that um it's just going to completely dominate, but they are enough of a power bump that you know, it feels good to to earn one and to to use it because right. it's it's gonna start um, when you fully masterwork them. It'll apply a buff to all the stats of the weapon instead of just the plus ten to the selected one. Nice, like plus three to all the other um, stats and the weapon mods. The adapt mods are. They seem like they're pretty good. They basically are going to be like um, uh, a bonus to magazine or a bonus to stability, where you just like increase the the power of the gun, but not in like a really overpowered way, but probably in a noticeable way. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't heard a review from a trials player yet, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, me neither. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm just, you know, uh, trying to be optimistic uh, that they are going to, through, you know, their lawsuits and their anti-cheat that they're working on, uh, will will get trials to a decent place. It doesn't ever have to be the glory it was in D1, but it needs. To, I think it needs to be. Uh, did that this cease and desist notice come out this past week, or did we talk about it last week? It seems no, like it a came lot out of this week. It came out this week. That came out this week. So that's, I mean, we're we're not huge PvP players. So and it's a PC, and we're not PC players. So yeah. those are two things that so. don't. To those really... who do not know, Bungie sent out a cease and desist letter to uh, Aimbot. Yeah, perfect, perfect game. game. Sure, right. Um, so uh, it's it's Which a, is, it's a shot across of, the bow the, is how I've heard it one described. Of the, one of the PC, the one of the top PC aim cheat cheat thing subscription. Yeah. I I didn't realize cheating uh, bots were subscription based. I found that out by just hearing about this that these cheat bots are subscription based. So. Yeah, interesting. Um, hopefully that will at least put a... Um, well, no, not only did they send out that cease and desist, that that company said we've decided to cease. Yeah. You know, they they weren't claiming... And desist. And desist. De- <laughs> and, uh, cease they and or desist. And desisted. <laughs> So, you know, they they followed the order as opposed to being um, sued or going like that next level. So um, they're 
I had overheard something. I don't know if it's just something I read in uh, in the Twitter verse or whatever, but that they're also um, in working with Steam and the um, the anti cheat uh, software that Steam is or is developing or whatever. So. Yeah. I think that's the I think that's the biggest thing in trials right now, and why why trials isn't rising to the top. Like that and the lack of adept weapons, which they're taking care of as well. I'm so. not playing trials until they bring back the cat cape. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I really do. You know, we've dipped our toes in a couple of times. Uh, we did get the summoner right because yep. they do have that the bounties where you just have to play and die <laughs> get over owned. and over again. Right. Um, so I mean, I, I'm fine with not it not being a part of the game that I would really play often because yeah, that's that's not my. Yeah, I feel like as a casual player, it's it just like. I don't feel pressure to um, like own every aspect of the game. And with trials, that doesn't feel like a space that is for, for, you know, like casual players per se. It's for like the hardcore players. And that's Mm, fine. I want them to have a playground where they can have sweaty matches with each other and good, good for you. Mm hmm. Right, and Without have a cheaters. positive experience. I really do want them to have a positive experience. I know yeah. it's been a struggle, and um, so I'm rooting for it for that reason, for sure. Um, I'd like to do a coffee break here. Oh, I love that yeah. idea. Uh, before we do our um, showcases, uh, the Touch of Grimoire and a Destiny soundcheck uh, today. So I am going to... Um, roll the coffee break theme uh, that monetizes <laughs> this video <laughs> for whoever owns the rights. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Sallybug, why don't you, um, why don't I get the coffee and you can start rolling us into the uh, touch of grimoire? Would would that be okay? Absolutely. All right, so um, the Paracasual Destiny podcast and its sister company uh, is proud to present... A Touch of Grimoire with your host, Sallybug. Sallybug, take it away. So um, I think as I mentioned earlier in the podcast... Uh, when we first started going, um, I wanted to uh, touch upon the characters that were going to be um, be players in the next chapter of Destiny 2. And we talked about Eris Morn and um, her, uh, what she was, her interpretation of the messages last week. And so I thought this week we could talk about the Drifter a little bit. Um, and uh, more, more specifically, the more recent lore that we've gotten 
um, in the season of arrivals. Um, but before we started talking about the season of arrivals lore that involves the drifter um, and kind of where he's going and some, at least some ideas of what his, uh, what his role is going to be. Um, I thought we should talk at least a little bit about his background. Um, and anyone there kind of have an idea of what his background is? Have they delved into his story and his lore? We had uh, some nice cutscenes with him um, in the season of The Drifter. I, I recall the story of him, you know, being trapped with his, uh, I guess, fire team. And he, right. he ended up killing all of them. So, yeah, his his story, his backstory is really interesting because, um, and I got all of this, by the way, off of Destiny, Destinypedia, um, gives, a, gives a real nice synopsis of, of it, but it's still quite long, like, it, uh, but his background is that he was a reluctant guardian, like, when he got revived, he was not happy about it. Um, and for the longest time as a guardian, he kind of hid his, the fact that he was a guardian most of the time, anytime he came across, um, civilization. And so he got, uh, he got revived by a ghost and the ghost was saying, we're going to go towards the last city. And it's like, yeah, no. And walked the other way. Like, so he's basically been a rebel and he's been a reluctant guardian, like, basically from the start. Do we know his ghost name? I don't think we do. According to a Google search that I just did, his ghost is nameless. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that now. Yeah, nameless revived ghost. by a ghost. So there's a whole lot if you, and, and again, you can just go to Destiny, Destinypedia and look up the Drifter. Um, but yeah, so he's been, he was a reluctant guardian. He was basically a rebel. Um, it seems like he did a lot of um, kind of like, I, I don't want to say scheming or whatever. He's not, he definitely seems like a bit of an opportunist. But he also seems like he he's very um, suspicious of a lot of, of basically everybody. And in the very beginning, when he in during the Dark Age, when he first became a guardian, he witnessed a lot of warlords trying to. Uh, be like rise to the top in terms of power and um so there was a lot of fighting against that um and it so at one point he finally just was opposed to, to um opposed to a warlord named Reents and uh then I think that's when he finally went with his group. They just left the solar system altogether. I think it was outside the solar system, and that's where he was with that uh, kind of like a, a derelict group. That's funny because that's the name of his ship. Like this group 
that went outside the solar system in an area that was so cold that they were all dying and the ghosts were reviving them. They were dying of, um, from the cold. Mm-hmm. But they also came across, was it like an obelisk? Like, um, yeah, structure? Yeah, some weird shadowy creatures. And then the weird shadowy creatures they found if they got cl- if they got too close to these weird shadowy like creatures, then the um, their ghosts couldn't revive them if they died. And so that happened with their the first one in their in their group, and then it happened a second time. And so then they were trying to figure out a way to uh, to be sheltered, and. Um, this went on for long enough that they all just became very paranoid of each other and eventually um, it said the cold had killed them thousands and thousands of times and their paranoia began to turn into insanity and eventually um, and I think it was around the time that Dominus Gaul was uh, kind of trapped their light for a while and says drifters go snapped at this point informing drifter of a way they could capture the creatures oh this was after he ended up killing off everybody because they all kind of drew guns on each other and the drifter killed everybody they drew guns and he said he didn't know if anyone was intending to kill anyone but he 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 wasn't gonna wait around to find out (laughs) yeah and so that and that was after right because nobody could get revived because i think he killed their ghosts well, that happened later, right? Because his ghost figured out that there was a way to, um, what do you say? That go snapped at this point. Modify. They could capture the creatures, and the way that they could capture the creatures was to use the parts of the ghosts of the former guardians that were out there. So I was under the out. impression that he had killed the guardians and their ghosts. But maybe that was just at left to interpretation. Yeah, I th- I feel like he ended up killing all the ghosts of the guardians that that were killed, um, where the ghosts couldn't revive them, either because of the shadow creatures or because it was during the time that the traveler, um, that they didn't have their light. I, I I'm not sure. I think I was under the impression this took place before that and it was outside of the solar system so right well no they were outside of the solar system around the time during that time during the time that Dominus Gaul uh trapped the traveler oh and then trapped their light so that it's kind of like how this was kind of like it's how they that kind of happened I I guess my question then is why would it matter that they were close to the shadowy creatures if everyone's light was already gone? Um, well, I, I think it's a time frame. I think that because it was a, a long time frame, I think for they had to get protection from the shadowy creatures because that was before. And then oh, okay. this was happening over a long period of time. And then um, while yeah. they were trying to like be protected in like in this obelisk type be sheltered away from the creatures then they all lost their light 
And at this point, they were already paranoid, and their ghosts couldn't be revived, and, and they were all afraid that it was like each other. Uh, yeah. Okay, I didn't know those right. two events were related. Yeah, I didn't know they were related until I just until I just read it. So, anyway, it gets uh, it, it goes on in a um, to talk about his. Um, that he has like a whole on lore book and there's actually, you could probably look them up online as well. He had quite a few cutscenes in the season of the drifter and kind of his interaction with the nine. Um, and that was the rabbit hole. I decided I wasn't going to go down this time around. Um, but, uh, I found some interesting lore on the whispering slab. Hmm. Let's hear and it. So I thought I thought we would read that. Uh, Stego, do you want to read that, and then we'll talk about it? Sure. It's not that long. It's not. The whispering slab. It sings of sorrows that have not yet come to pass. This morn walks with slow, silent steps toward a haggard drifter, shoving small bags into larger ones. Dim and exhausted motes lies scattered throughout the derelict, slowly evaporating. She retrieves a moat from the floor and shines her burning light over the cracked surface. The light struggles to leave the cracks. She lets the disintegrating moat drop and shatter into dust against the floor grates. It chimes like resonant glass. The drifter whirls around to face the noise, almost losing his footing. He lets his hand slide off his holstered trust as recognition washes over him. Ain't anybody ever tell you not to skulk? It's rude. Noted. Are you vacating? Road trip. How'd you get in here anyway? The airlock was open. Uh-huh. If I said I were here to run in your rat race, would it change your tune? Uh-huh. Eris drops her shoulders and approaches the drifter. I want your help. Uh-huh. His brow furrows with suspicion. Why? Didn't you save the universe yet? Drifter turns his back to bags and bags. It seems to be continually in peril. To be honest, I'm not sure I've helped. Eris hands him a bag. I need your knowledge. You? No. I have had some troubling experiences as of late. Yeah, it's called life. I need to know, she says, and hesitates, half-hearted restraint preceding sacrilege. Tell me how to interpret the darkness. What am I, some crusty woo-woo sage? Be it, kid, I'm packing. Do not ignore me, Eris says. Her voice is calm and piercing. We've both seen beneath the surface. Drifter drops the pack in his hand and picks a jade coin off his workbench. Asher is entrenched in his thinking, she says, and gently places a palm down on the workbench beside them. Ikora, she tries. She hears, but she doesn't understand. No one is listening. Drifter pockets the coin and turns to face her. He stares deep. Experience? Hell of a thing. He looks down the gangway of the derelict and through the gate that would take him to his hall. Favors ain't free. 
I do this, you owe me. Eris nods. Drifter swipes the workbench clean and pulls out a retractable seat for himself. How long you got? The two sit. They speak. They listen. Linkages forged in light and dark of traded secrets as the derelict hangs in orbit around the Earth. Pacts are made. Soon, there is only the silence of knowing left between them. Next time you fly over the moon, dust your boots. Tracking that crap all over my floors. Eris shakes her head and moves toward the airlock. Drifter yells after her. And call next time! I could have blown those fancy eyes straight off your face. I'll tr try to be more mindful of your many eccentricities in the future. And so... I love this. I didn't realize, I, full disclosure, I did not read this lore when I first got The Whispering Slab and I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't. Um, but we, I feel like this was kind of the seed that says this is why Eris Morn and the Drifter are kind of part of this uh, Beyond Light storyline. Um, she, she, Eris went to him. You know, she's getting these messages. She went to him. She needed to get what he knew uh, from whatever his background was. But he had some experiences and he had some knowledge that he was able to um, imbibe on. So. Yeah, good stuff. Um, somebody in chat mentioned that you can see some of the shadowy creatures that he caught and I guess killed in his ship. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back to the ship before it goes away. Because Reckoning's going uh, away, any, right? Yeah. Anybody have any any more thoughts on, on this uh, pact the two of them have made? No, I think that we'll discover more as we learn more about their story in the darkness. Yeah, but uh, at least, I, I like I said, I, I feel like, because I never quite kind of knew the connection between the two of them, and now I can kind of see it, is, is that he, because of his past experiences in that area beyond the solar system, and Era sought him out to get his knowledge and now they're going to use the information that the two of them have together to kind of fight that same enemy so i'm i'm looking they're kind forward of an to an odd even. couple it's definitely an definitely odd, an and, odd and couple so, I mean, yeah <laughs> i mean the drifter has always been this uh character that has uh right he's he's been reluctant to be in cahoots with anybody there's another, there's another couple of lore pieces that I encourage you to uh, go listen, I listen to or read, um, that are part of the season of arrivals, and that would be uh, the Wither Horde has some, uh, has some 
think that's related to the spider as well, the drifter and the spider talking. Oh, no, 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 no. That is where he's talking with a titan. Um, and then false promises, he's, the drifter's talking with spiders. So the drifter is definitely gathering information. Um, and making that, I mean, he's a bit of an opportunist, but he's also making, but again, like I said, his background, he's, he's a loner, but he's also, and maybe he's not very honest, but he also, I, I feel like he is, uh, he leans towards the good because he was definitely against you know, all the warlords kind of trying to rise to the top and and be... He's definitely anti-power for that. He doesn't like it when any one person tries to um, be more powerful over the others, right? You can't, you which would mean, which what what kind do. of explains why he um, doesn't like being a guardian. He's the libertarian of the group. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's yeah, a lone he wolf. Does. He that's was a reluctant sure. guardian to begin with. He doesn't like it when anyone. He doesn't like want to follow the rules of anybody. He doesn't want anyone to. He doesn't like it when anyone tries to rise to the power. And so this could be why he is willing to co go with Eris to Europa because he's he's not going to take someone trying to uh, Air like Aramis trying to create this powerful uh group he, you're painting him as power. very uh, altruistic though and i don't get that completely from him i, don't, I think uh, he's uh self-serving yes he's definitely like, yeah, yeah he's, i don't know altruistic. if he's doing everything for the greater good no i don't but he he has morality i feel like he has he has his own set of morals yeah um but for the most part, he's definitely self-preservation first. <laughs> yes. So, um, but on the other hand... Uh, Which makes for an interesting character. It does. It's a very interesting character as always. Like, remember when we had to, uh, in the season of The Drifter, you had to pick the Vanguard or the Drifter, which one you were going to go with. And uh, that's, you know, that that in its own right, goes to show you that it, he's he's definitely a lone wolf um but he doesn't want to be in power either he's not well it, it. it did turn out uh full disclosure that he was working with the vanguard all along right yeah so that does so, kind of go against what you were saying I, I don't know i feel like yeah i don't know I, because i never really um i, di I didn't finish that storyline the Ooh. Drifter was not a, a time when I. He called me a Although snitch. Although I am a dredgeon. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, interesting character. He does. He makes for a very interesting character. And he's also in. Uh, he's got information from the Nine as well. And I wonder the, how. The more much I learn the about the Drifter. Yeah, the more I learn about the Drifter, uh, Sally Bug, uh, the more appropriate. I think it is that they gave him uh, Matthew McConaughey's tagline from his character in Dazed and Confused, the all right, all right, all right. 
he really is that character in many ways, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> Wooderson. Uh, so that might be uh, just as good as reading some some of the uh, false promises and Witherhorde lore is to go watch Dazed and Confused uh, to get an insight <laughs> to get an insight into the Drifter's character uh, yeah, via Ma- Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey to, do, to do his voice. I love his voice actor, though. I do too. Speaking of which, are we ready for our um, Destiny sound check? Yeah, I couldn't think of it. a better segue. It's the Destiny sound check. Well, today, uh, this week's sound check uh, is no mistake that we chose the great, the almighty, the wonderful, and the simply uh, terrific, or perfectly splendid, as as we would say, um, Todd uh, Habercorn. Todd Habercorn's a uh, voice actor, so we're do- going to uh, watch a uh, watch and listen to. Uh, a, a short Vidoc called uh, entitled Talking Voices. I think it's part one of a two-part series uh, with uh, the actor, the voice actor, Todd Haberkorn, who voiced the Drifter. Um, so let me call that up and um, we will take a look at that. She had other amusements too. I have killed thousands of your kind before. We've got our friends close by. <laughs> and we. I'm Todd Habercorn, and I do a variety of things in the industry, including ADR, directing, producing, writing, and being a voice actor. Some of the characters that I, I feel like I get asked about a lot of course, um, would be Natsu Dragmeal from Fairy Tale. That's enough! Then there's a, a weird OCD uh, character obsessed with uh, symmetry, and he is Death the Kid from Soul Eater. Um, but then also recently, which, which I call kind of like alternate reality Natsu, you've got the guy that collects all the moats in Destiny 2. All right, all right, all right. Let's see what we've got. Fallen on the horizon. I've worked on a on a lot of different things. Everything from you know Scooby Doo and Ben Ten to Dragon Ball Z and Fairy Tale and everything in between. So it's been fun. My very very first voiceover job was for a commercial for a computer company. That was before I I thought VO was going to be anything in my life. I was just an actor fresh out of college. And I've been working on stage primarily, and I thought that I was going to go down the on-camera route, and that was it. And so when I took this job, it was kind of an odd one-off. So technically that was my first VO job, but when I really started getting into it was with a company in Texas called Funimation. I was in, I think one of my, my very first show was Peach Girl, like a little quick roll in that, and then it kind of just took off from there. It didn't hit me for a long time because I always had my sights set on on camera. So the moment I would say when VO really took hold and, and I was like, okay, let me let me shift my perspective because we all make plans for life, but then life's like, 
those plans, no. <laughs> and so you have to, I feel like you have to make little adjustments. And so when I noticed that I didn't have time for any on-camera auditions, I kind of stepped back one day and I was like, oh, I'm doing nothing but VO, like in every capacity, directing it, writing it, voicing it, uh, going to a convention because of voiceover. I think I'm a voice actor now. Woo! Yeah! I looked in the mirror and had a, a quick little moment with the, my reflection self, and we both shook our heads and agreed that that was uh, that was taking place. In terms of like the exact moment, I think it was just kind of like a it was like a rash. So you just wake up one day, you're like, whoa, what what is this rash? And then the next day you wake up, you're like, wow, I, I shoot webs from my wrists, and now I'm a vigilante. It just kind of happens. I don't know because it, it came so quickly. Like the the work was, uh, it was just like project after project after project, and so there really wasn't time to, to stop and take a breath. Really, the only time that that I would sit back and watch something was with the fans when we were premiering something either at uh, New York Comic Con or our um, some other event like that, and I'm sitting in the front row with everyone, and and they're they're like, "What do you think of the episode?" I'm like, "I'm about to find out with you." That's when I would see a lot of stuff, and so you know, occasionally I'll go on and. Uh, watch stuff that I've done just so I can see like do I need to what can I learn from it? What, what have I grown at all? What are some different things that I could try? Um, so I every now and then I'll go poke around I'm gonna answer that question in part two right here on Talking Voices. I'm Todd Habercorn and it would put a fire in my belly if you hit that subscribe button right here in Verite VoiceOver on YouTube. Uh, so that was uh, that was uh, Todd Habercorn. For my meal Habercorn, kit delivery, uh, I chose the vegetarian uh, box and the meals that I received. Uh, yeah, uh, let me un unmute everybody in the Discord. Um, did, was anybody able to watch that or or see it? Yeah, yeah. Oh um, yeah. Fascinating fella, huh? He uh, yeah is not only uh, the voice actor in the stuff he does, a lot of his work, but he also records produces it as well so he's like in all aspects of vo production which i thought was i would not have guessed that uh not knowing him just knowing him as the drifter and i'm sorry to say that i am not familiar with fairy tale or funimation um, it is one of our clan mates favorite shows yeah which is so that's interesting i didn't even know the connection with the voiceover yeah yeah, and he changes his voice, like his his normal speaking voice. I would not peg him as the drifter. Maybe I, a, I was surprised when I heard his normal I know. speaking voice too. It was so amazing. Um, I did a little bit quick research before we went on air today, and uh, he's got a huge online presence. He's a uh, he's a big uh, fan of Twitter. Uh, very positive. Uh, guy with a lot of positive tweets and uh i encourage everybody to check out his uh, twitter page if you use that kind of social media um he's also has a web page presence too and he's pretty much out everywhere with his um his habergram which is the todd habercorn 
uh, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram account. <laughs> I'm not kidding about it. You got to go check it out. It's pretty cool. And I'm certainly going to follow him on, on Twitter and see what he's been up to. It looks like he is a gamer. I didn't see much Destiny 2 stuff. Uh, I think his Bailey or his biggest fan base seems to be in the fairy tale character that yeah, he does it's a big uh, one it's a big one and so he responds to a lot of those those uh, questions and uh lots of adulation online for him uh what a, what a what a hero of the voice over world for sure um are there any uh that concludes uh this week's destiny sound check are there any um closing comments or um normally what we were going to try to do at the end of our podcast was go around and see what um what else we've been consuming uh in the past week in particular and Sally Bug started off the podcast with with that in mm-hmm. in revealing our uh late night binge of um the haunting of Bly Manor right um, how about yeah. um, Romance Girl? What have you been consuming lately outside of Destiny? Oh. Um, Anything good? I uh, played Animal Crossing. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's kind of been ongoing over at that household from what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where you can just check in every day and just see what's going on and play for five minutes or a few hours, depending on how you're feeling. Nice. It was Great. nice to check in with that. I, I can't think of anything else right now off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Are watching, you, have um, you been Steven watching Universe anything? Future? Anything on... Steven Universe Future, the epilogue series to Steven Universe. Oh, very I, cool. I highly recommend. Uh, Sally Bug would like that. Are you watching that on? I would definitely watch that. Uh, I'm watching it on HBO Max. I can... Uh, help you out okay. with a login if you need it later <laughs> yeah i, 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 I could use that yeah because i am definitely <laughs> i'm definitely inter- interested in it for sure uh um, green stego lately um well yeah steven universe future before that we watched um what we do in the shadows uh vampire that one's fun. documentary series that is very fun um and for a video game that I've been playing outside of Destiny, I've been playing a new one that dropped recently called Ickenfell. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a retro inspired uh, RPG that heavily features witches and takes place on a at a witch school. So it's um it's seasonal. It's appropriate. Cool. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I'll mention that I have been searching um, 70s horror movies on Amazon Prime, which seems to have a pretty decent catalog. Uh, Some of them I make it all the way through. Some of them I fall asleep in the middle. And some of them I make it like 15 minutes in and lose interest. Uh, But I stumbled across an interesting one called The Ghost Galleon. Uh, in Spanish, it's El Buque Maldito. It's a 1974 Spanish horror film. And I was, I, no lie, I was 30 minutes into this movie when I realized 
and I had to go back and pause and look at the information, realized I was watching um, one of the, uh, you know, uh, beautiful movies by uh, Amando de Osorio. He did a series of three movies and this turned out to be the third and I had seen the first two. So I was like, oh, wow, I'm completing a trilogy here. The film is the third in uh, his Blind Dead series. It's a sequel to Tombs of the Blind Dead, which was 1972, which I have on DVD. And I also, I think I have both those movies on, it's like back to back on a DVD. Um, and a Return of the Blind Dead the year following year in 1973. And they center around um, old Templar knights who uh, are immortal and they're sort of like these uh, eyeless mummies who hunt humans and they, they have like uh, really sharp hearing and so uh, you can't get away. But they're very, it's funny because they're extremely slow moving. So it's a very slow death if you get caught. And invariably, you could, anybody, a child could outrun these things by a country mile. But invariably, when they uh, appear, there's some sort of slip or fall, or maybe they, it's an (laughs) unspoken. There's an unspoken superpower that these zombies possess that cripples you in the legs, so you can't get away from them. They spawn banana peels. Especially if you're a young lady. Especially if you're a a scantily clad young lady, you really have a hard time getting away from them. Uh, But I enjoyed that. It's just campy good fun uh, with a foreign flavor. And the Foley is just so amazing. The footsteps and the doors creaking are overdone and and, and just comical uh, and horrifying at the same time. So I highly recommend in, any of those movies to uh, around this time of year. That's amazing. And I, Soul Time, you piqued my interest. I looked it up and it actually says that there are, it's there's a fourth movie. There are three sequels to Tomb of the blind dead oh one is there's one i haven't seen then night of the seagulls oh my goodness i am definitely looking that up that's what's the that's what's (laughs) on for now i know what's on for tonight night of the seagulls if somebody's streaming it or if i can find a find it on youtube or something i'm watching i have i I didn't know that i um i only knew of the the blind dead I guess it was it's part of the series then. If it has the the Knights Templar uh coming back from the dead uh to uh exact their revenge on what I'm not exactly sure, but there is probably some story to it. Uh <laughs> All right. So uh and in the chat, the only other thing we have people so someone says I well, Funny Bone says yeah. I got a new synthesizer and I've been loving. So um, Funny Bone is now going to do all the sounds and music for the Paracasual Destiny podcast. Oh, I can't whether wait. he knows oh. that or not. And and that way we that way we can stay uh, commercial free and unmonetized because the last thing we want. I mean, unless unless we're you know. 
unless we need to make money on this, which we don't at this point, and we hopefully never will have to, uh, we would prefer that nobody, if somebody does call it up on YouTube, that there's no commercials. But with the sounds we've been using, some of them are copyrighted and flagged, and so like half of our podcasts on YouTube are monetized, which means people are seeing commercials uh, which is a shame, and we don't want that. So we're commissioning Funny Bone to make some original uh, Paracasual Destiny podcast music for us, which will be great. Yeah, and I think with that, we are about ready to uh, sign out here. Uh, you've been listening to the Paracasual Destiny podcast. Um, Shout-outs to Romance Girl for the first time in voice chat here love having her hopefully that will continue uh, as always green stego and sally bug and myself thank everybody for tuning in today um, you can look for us on twitter at paracasual p on youtube here uh, we broadcast live every saturday morning at 11 a.m so please consider like subscribe or comment or, or on twitter or youtube email us if you like love to hear from you uh, so everybody have a safe weekend and a great week. We will see you next Saturday morning. So long. Bye. 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 Bye.